What's up? Welcome to the Inner City Innovators Podcast, where we will discuss marginalized communities and what it will take to bring true, lasting hope and transformation to the disadvantaged. Now, here are your hosts and hope dealers, Sean Montal and Ricky Aiken. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to ICI Podcast, where we teach you how to be a hope dealer. We got my boy, LaShawn, who's been out for a minute. And we What's got up? What's Cindy up? Cindy Lopez from Crown Stoppers. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're happy to have you. LaShawn, bro, you've been missing a few weeks, bro. Yeah. Uh, first of all, let's jump into that, right into that. I'm feeling great to be back today. Um, I left Ricky in the water to swim by itself for about six weeks. We just went yeah. over it. But uh, things happen, man. That's a part of life. We got to wear many different hats. We talked about that in past yeah. episodes where we got to show up um, and show out. So as a young man, I'm learning the art of priority. I'm mm-hmm. learning the art of balance, and it's starting to feel good um, that it's working for me because I managed to level things out to where I can get back to my passion and doing what I love each and every week. So feeling well, good today. To have you back. Back, bro. Yeah, I man. had to slow down on the record until I got you back. <laughs> I'm hit the brakes, man. I saw you getting creative with it, bro, and I love it. I love how yeah. you were mixing it up with the Q and A's and things like that. Yeah. Very creative, bro. Awesome. It's what Thank you do. You. Well, today uh, we have a special guest, Cindy from Crime Stoppers. A few weeks ago, we had your executive director. Remember your name? Angela. Angela came into our team meeting and told us a little bit about Crime Stoppers. And Crime Stoppers had always been around since I was a kid. I had always heard about it. But y'all know, we from the hood, right? And when you think of Crime Stoppers, one thing comes to mind. What's that? Snitch. Snitch, right? <laughs> so as a kid growing up, there was always this, uh, nah, I can't mess with them. But as y'all know, I'm against that. I'll tell y'all straight up, I'm snitching. If you're terrorizing my community and you're making it unsafe for the young people who are forced to grow up in these communities, I want you out. You know, if you are a young person that's trapped in the throes of cycles of gun violence, we're here as a resource to you. We're here to save you, to help you uh, get off that path. But for anyone else that, that isn't thinking about the community at large, like, I, I want you out, you know. Many, the people who can't afford to get up and move out of communities of concentrated violence do, but so many people don't because they can't. And uh, I'm here to advocate for those people. So I'm excited to talk to you about Crime Stoppers and some of the amazing things that y'all have going on. But before I do, I want to ask about you. Um, where did you grow up? Like, how, like, are you a sit? Are, are you from West Palm? Uh, yeah, so how did you intersect with Crime Stoppers? So I'm originally from Naples, Florida. It's on the other coast. Um, nice. We moved here about six and a half years ago. Um, and I start. I always was in, like, criminal-ish somewhat. I wanted to be a lawyer growing up. Yeah. Right. Um, I, like, grew up watching Law & Order. So, like, that's what I really wanted to do. SVU. <laughs> so <laughs> I worked at the courthouse over there for a felony judge. Then when I moved here, I started working for the sheriff's office as a dispatcher. So now I'm a dispatcher. Um, I did that for about five or six years. Then um, a little bit a year, a little over a year ago, I started with Crime Stoppers as their coordinator. Um, so I've always had a passion for yeah. crime um, in that. I have, you know, there's law enforcement in our family, military background, things like that. So yeah. I've always been like super passionate about law enforcement. Got you. Yeah. Got you. And so, you know, a lot of people, one of the things that surprised me about Crime Stoppers is just how 
zip tight y'all's processes. Yes. Like when someone calls, like you were just telling me before, it's anonymous. Like you don't even get the caller ID. Talk me through, like, right? If I know someone that was murdered in my community and I know who did it, I know it's a bad person that's been wreaking havoc in our community. What does like it look like when I pick up the phone to call Crime Stoppers? How do I know that it's not going to end up in the wrong hands or I'm going to be outed as a snitch, so to say? So we don't work with any one law enforcement agency. So we are a nonprofit. Um, and what we do, I'm basically like the law enforcement liaison. So yeah. things come to me through either detectives or just the public itself. They know that a crime happened in their community and they're like, I want to tell someone what I know. So what will happen is there's actually three ways to contact us. You yeah. can do our 800 line. You can go online on our website or you can even download our app. We do have an app. Y'all got an app? Yes. So we actually have two right, apps. Right. So there's two different apps you can download to report tips. So it literally can be that anonymous. Um, so if you call, we use a out-of-country call center. It's in Canada. Yeah. That call center answers our 800 line. So that right there, you're not talking to a law enforcement agency at all. Right. Um, so that call center, we pay our nonprofit. Yeah. Um, and you can either choose to just give them the tip directly or yeah. you can choose to talk to me directly. Yeah. So again, my phone at my office, no caller ID. There's no way for me to call you back. Right. Um, we don't ask your name. We don't ask for any kind of email, phone number, nothing. So when you call us, we ask you, you know, what kind of tip do you want to report? Um, right. you give us basically all the information you have. Yeah. And then there's a couple questions we ask, like we go through, like if you call in and say, oh, I know who committed this homicide. We're like, okay, name, do you know where they live? Right. Do you know what weapon they use? Do you know where that weapon is? Right. Um, things like that. And then we just kind of say, what else do you got for us? Right. It's whatever you want to offer. Right. Um, the tip then comes to me. I vet it. So just in case you said like, oh, my cousin was the one who did it. I take out the cousin. That right. way there's no way that they know you're even related to this person. Mm -hmm. If you say my neighbor, I take neighbor out. That way they don't even think you live in the neighborhood. Right. Anything that could even give you an identity, I take out. Mm. I like that. Yeah. When I think about crime, I think about, um, I heard you mention, what was it, SVU? I yeah. think about shows like that, right? Like Law & Order, uh, CSI, these different shows. And it does help, you know, to further elude how much these tips help detectives, law enforcement agencies, and even families get justice and closure for some of these crimes that are committed. So I wanted to ask you, how effective do you think it is having an agency like Crime Stoppers in the community? Like you said, that's independent from law enforcement, right? So you're not obligated or directly tied to any agency because a lot of times things get shaky with law enforcement. So you say something to them, and whether it's a valid tip or not, they'll still implicate you in, um, you know, the depositions or whatever that may be. They'll list you as a witness. They'll subpoena you to come to court. Whether what you said is valid or not, and I know with Crime Stoppers, it's not so much, you know, like that. You guys actually have steps where you validate these tips. You make sure it's real and true information. So how beneficial do you think that is, that people have somewhere we can go? And um, we're not just going to be implicated regardless of the fact because you said something about this particular crime that turned into a case. So I'm like, Ricky, you know, before I worked with Crime Stoppers, I was the same way. Like, I was like, oh, what is this program? It's like, right. it's just the police, another way for, like, right. you to snitch, whatever. Once I started working here, it is honestly, it's so important that every community has this. So I'm Mexican-American. I have a lot of illegal family members that 
growing up, I saw how scared they were to reach out to the police, even just because of their immigration status. So I look at it that way. Like, this is a way for people not to have to worry, like, am I going to get deported because I know a murderer? Like, am I going to have to get deported or arrested because I was there when this happened? So it's a way for someone to come forward because they want to help, but not have any fear of, like, retaliation, not just from... The community, but even from law enforcement, right. because you do have to worry about that. Like, yep. are they not going to look at me like, well, will you hang out with a shady person? What are you doing? Right. You know? So I think it's the most important thing that every community has this program. Yeah. Especially to, like, detectives, a lot of times when they contact me, they know who the person is, but right. they just need that, like, extra, like, info to really yeah. be like, oh, now we got them. Yeah, exactly. And I'd go as far as to say it's probably, like, safer talking to right. crime stoppers than it would be uh, to law enforcement in many, many regards because of the thing you bring up. And I also see the wisdom in having a call center outside of the United States. Like, so I could imagine how much of a pain in the ass that is to try to subpoena the conversation. And I was going to say that. So, yeah. like, we used to work with the Texas Center, and when we were switching to the Canadian one, that's actually a point that the call center in Canada made to us. Like, mm. attorneys don't want to go through the effort of having to do international subpoenas. So, when they hear right. our call centers in Canada, they're like, eh, it's not worth right. it. You know? Right. That's an extra layer of protection. Yes. Wow. And where did y'all system? I'm sure the system y'all have now has gone through many trials and errors and failures to get to be as tight and successful as it is. Where would you say like a turn or has it always been this way? Like when did it innovate? Technology to get the is way it just is? what's innovating it. Um, years, I want to say maybe like eight, nine years ago, yeah. we were taking tips by hand, like in a right. book. And like, that's how I we were doing those, stuff. I remember those little drop boxes yeah, around the like, city you used to see. And then we, I still have it in my office from the old coordinator. She yeah. had like this huge book and it's just the tip IDs we give you, the information you give us all in a book. And right. like now it's, we got two apps. Yeah. We have a website, we have like the call center. Yeah. Everything comes through a tip software program that like the International Crime Stoppers has worked with. Right. So like everything is technology. Thank God for technology. It's made it so much easier. Yeah. It's also even made the reward process easier. Right. Yeah. I love the way you answered that question too, just to jump back on it about how effective it was to have an agency like Crime Stoppers because my wife is actually from Honduras, right? She's a DACA recipient, but her entire family are illegal, you know, undocumented immigrants, so to speak. And her dad is a business owner. He has a very large business and he's doing very well for himself. But um, I'm glad you alluded to that. They don't feel like they can trust the police at all. In fact, they actually don't have a very good rapport with the police. Um, some of the police in the area actually target them. Um, and it's just very wild that they don't have a basis of support. Um, their home was broken into. They've had things happen to them where they had to just financially overcome it and let it be what it is. So having a nonprofit agency like Crime Stoppers is huge yeah, where you can report things, you can say what's happening and say what you saw, and it's not going to come back to you and your name and your place of residence. So that's huge. I just wanted to highlight that, that for the undocumented illegal immigrants or anyone that, you know, may feel like they can't go to the police, so to speak, for protection of self-identity, you have Crime Stoppers where you are totally left out. Um, and I think that's huge. And I wanted to ask you for my next question while we on that. Crime Stoppers for students. 
can students use Crime Stoppers for students to report things outside of the school as well? Or is this unique to crimes that are, you know, on the campus or things they know about what's going on on campus? So we have two different programs within us, and it's the adult regular Crime Stoppers, and then there's the student Crime Stoppers. So the student Crime Stoppers, it's not as big of a reward. It's up to $1,000, but it's anything that happens on school grounds. The student's more than welcome to report something that doesn't happen on student grounds, right. and that actually qualifies for the $3,000 reward because oh, nice. it's not on student camp on yeah. school campus. Yeah. So it's like the whole thing with like the undocumented people that can't trust the police, it's kind of the same thing that we target with students. It's right. like they don't trust school. They don't trust their teachers. They don't trust the school resource officer. They are scared that like their classmates will know. This is another way for them to be able to help their school right. without bullying, without any like kind yeah. of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like we try, one thing that we have really been focusing on in this last like couple, six months mm -hmm. is going to schools, talking to students, yeah. letting them know that like, especially with all the school shootings happening, right. I'll tell you in the last six months, we have stopped three. Wow. Three tips we have gotten in the last six Actually, probably four months. Yeah. We got three tips that actually did stop. The students were charged with. Imagine how many lives saved, man, by that. That's so. so it's in another one. We found a gun on campus in a bush. Yeah. It, it actually ended up being a stolen gun. So, wow. you know, it's like these are the things we have to keep the kids safe. Absolutely. Keep the kids safe, the community safe. Yeah. So we try to educate as much as we can on it. Exactly. And not only are people contributing information for the well-being and safety of everyone around them, but there's also a financial incentive. I heard you say for students reporting crime in their schools, there's a $1,000 incentive, and for people uh, in community-based uh, Crime Stoppers, there's a 3000 How does it work? If Crime Stoppers is anonymous, how do people go about getting the incentive that they uh, deserve for leading or sharing a tip that led to the safety mm -hmm. of their their brother so really quick the steps to submitting a tip when you submit a tip you get what's called a tip id number and gotcha. that is basically a way for you to call and check on your tip and yeah. see if there's rewards see if we need more information you yeah. also get a password that password allows you to log into our website or our app and check it yourself update it yourself yeah. without having to provide an email Wow. Your tip ID is essentially your username. Got you. So then if your tip leads to an arrest, all our Crime Stoppers tips have to lead to an arrest unless it's a student one. A student yeah. one can lead to narcotics recovery, property recovery, um, suspe school suspension, yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So once it you know is resolved and it did help, you get what's called, uh, you call me. Yeah. I will tell you what day you can come pick up your reward. The board yeah. meets once a month to approve the amounts and what they want to offer them. Yeah. So you will call me. I'll tell you what day to call me to pick up. That day that you call me, I give you a reward code that is specific to that day. Yeah. I get your physical description, just clothing, yeah. general, like white, black, Hispanic, male, female, height, weight kind right. of thing. Right. I give you the address of the bank that we use, which is downtown. Yeah. And you will go that day. You'll go up to the teller. You'll say, I'm here to pick up a reward with Crime Stoppers. Yeah. They'll ask you for that reward code. They'll make sure what you gave me as a description matches. Yeah. You get cash. Wow. You don't sign anything. You don't need ID. The only thing is if you are under 16, we do ask that a parent goes with you. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, totally anonymous. I have no idea who these people are. Yeah. And I think that's amazing because 
a lot of the people that we represent that are living in these communities of concentrated violence, crime, and disadvantage, I'm sure there are people that need the the, the income. They could use an extra three thousand right. dollars or whatever the reward is, and also knowing that they're making their community safer. I feel like in our communities we've become so apathetic to the crime there. Like we were just at a neighborhood park two Fridays ago where a shooting happened and you know after getting all the team all the children on the ground and making sure they were safe until the shooting stopped once you see the car speed away you know you run up to see if there's any victims or or offer any help before police come but then once the residents come out you can kind of get a feel of the general apathy that people don't believe anything meaningful is going to happen to make them feel safer. Right. They see the the gaps in police response where when the police got there, we're telling them, look, they, they went that way. But instead of pursuing, you know, they stay at the scene. Right. So when residents see things like that, it makes it hard for them to believe that 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 law enforcement is for them. You know, so I think any way that we can utilize nonprofits, technology, social capital to give people that sense of agency where they feel like they can make a very real difference in the crime in their community. I think that's a step in the right direction. That's a great point, Ricky. I think it's necessary that we have these agencies and we have individuals like ourselves from our organizations in place with a, you know, with a a, a real heart for this stuff, man, right. that have come from these communities. Like you said, you've been involved in a life of crime, so to speak, where you've been surrounded by crime, whether it be entertainment, whether it be in reality, whatever it be, it's just crime all around. And it has a way of breeding us into very humble, and spirited individuals and that's a part of what we were doing yesterday at Palm Beach Preparatory Academy right. so we were out there at that back to school event and we had a lot of you guys' pamphlets and yeah. your cars out on the table um, but not only that we were actually spreading some of this information to the youth that were there because I was asking a lot of them the same question if there's something that could be in the community to make it a better place what do you think that would be right. and they all kept telling me something just to like stop the violence bro it's right. just a lot of violence that goes on for no reason mm -hmm. you know and they all felt like it needed to be something in place and um that's where we had a great opportunity like okay well we want you to know that you not only have organizations like us but you have crime stoppers right. you have a lot of different community-based organizations and nonprofits out here for your benefit so use them and then lastly bro the statement you made during your speech ricky where you told him like hey if you're not a part of the solution, right. if you're not saying what you saw, if you're not stepping up, speaking up, then you're just being a part of the problem, essentially. And I think that's I think that's ballpark numbers, man. Exactly. I think it's ballpark numbers. The students see a lot. Um, they hear a lot. They know a lot. And they spend a lot more time in the streets than we yeah. do as adults. And I think it's imperative that they know someone's there for them. As young as I am, we just didn't know that when I was a student not right. too long ago. Yeah. So I think it's very essential that the kids know. And I want to, like, touch back a little bit to the whole, like, the concept that you like, people think it's snitching. Yeah. Right. A new way to look at it would be you're helping your community. Right. And you're also helping yourself because if it leads to an arrest and you're in a position financially, yeah. there's money there that can help you. Yeah. Like, we give a $1,000 reward sometimes, even just for someone. If you know someone has a warrant, that's 350 bucks right there, minimum, right. just for someone who has a warrant. So it's like, that's a bill. I mean, right. I know my electricity right. bill is like 200 bucks. That's yeah. a bill. Yep. Like, you exactly. know? Exactly. 
So don't look at it so much as snitching. Look at it as helping your community and helping right. yourself, too. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, it also makes you safe. Versus yeah. you go to the police and then they, uh, you, don't you know, get anything. They you They ask know. you for everything. If, it, if it's invalid, now you, you know, you, you they arrest you. You lied. Exactly. You gave a bad tip, man. So it could go so many ways trying to go to law enforcement. Exactly. It's just straight up and down with Crime Stoppers, yeah. you know. And then <laughs> even thinking about, like, what snitching is or why that rule came up. You know, the advent of that came at a time where our communities were really unfairly targeted and disenfranchised, not only by systemic actors, but law enforcement themselves. And so a lot of the people committing crimes in our communities, especially in the 70s, 80s, early 90s, were doing it to make a living. You know, we know right. when the black man was targeted, taken out of the homes, where a lot of the issues we see now are that was a root cause. You needed this underground market for people to be paid and make money. So at that time, right. to snitch was to take money out of a family or food off of someone else's table. That's not so much the case today. You know, we literally have kids murdering kids because there are no men in our communities. The men that I talk to outside of us, the Hope Dealers, are terrified of these young men. Right. Because they're so hothead, because they're so willing and able to pick up a gun. And that's why most of our work as an organization is developed around social emotional learning and helping them slow down. All of our team is trained in cognitive behavioral theory to help our young people slow themselves down when they're in these situations where they'd be tempted to pick up a gun. So I think with partnerships like ours, where, where you have us engaging the young people most likely to pick up a gun, but then you offer resources like yourselves to the community, it brings a level of authority or fear right. of social control back to the element because once people lose the fear that there are consequences for bad actors, more people are going to be tempted to be bad actors, right? right? Yeah. You're telling me I could work 40 hours a week to make the same amount as someone that could just go commit a robbery, knowing that he probably won't get charged for a kid growing up who already struggles with understanding the consequences of certain actions. It's an it's a easy choice. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And I agree with that, you know, I agree with that. In our community, um, we got, so we got very few places near in between to look up to. We want to be something or we think we want to be somebody. So when you alluded to the, you know, gentlemen, older gentlemen that are outside of the organization and into right. the community, um, I'll say it again, like I said before, if you guys don't start to step up and become part of the solutions to fix the issues, then you guys are just you know, greater culprits of the problem. Right. You're just f further facilitating the issue, man, because a lot of these kids need outlets. They need resources. They need, you know, agents, so to speak, that yeah. they can go to and get these guns, right. that they can go to and get these drugs. And this stuff, you know, it kind of channels down from these yeah. adults. Yeah. So, man, you know, you guys are just as aware as the children are of what goes on. You guys see it. You guys hear it. Um, I know some of you are convicted felons, and, and that's another thing things yeah. like that would make certain dudes afraid to go to the police like hey i'm a yeah. convicted felon right. i can't be wrapped up in this kind of stuff giving these kinds of tips so it's right. so many ways that would yeah. drive us away from trying to yeah can I'm a like, convicted felon uh report a crime absolutely anyone can 
Right. Anyone can. And like the other thing too, it doesn't have to be something that you know for a fact happened. You could even report like, hey, there's a lot of activity at this house. I think there's drugs. I think there's trafficking. Right. We send that to the proper divisions. Yeah. They investigate it. Trust yeah. me, they do. They open investigations. Right. They do surveillance based on these tips we get. Yeah. Just if you think something's happening. Yeah. So, right. I mean, we had one recently too where um, a neighbor said that this parent was leaving their child alone, a toddler, alone in the middle of the night for nights on end. Yeah. They went and investigated. They arrested them on child neglect. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. just because, even if you just think something's happening, right. let us know. Yeah. At the very least, they investigated it. Nothing comes from it. Nothing comes from it. But at right. least you know you tried. Yeah. And that's a great point because human trafficking is a really big thing that's happening right now. <laughs> And it happens right up under our eyes. Like you think you like it's it's out there, it's over there, but sometimes it's, it's right next to you, it's right next door. Uh, especially uh, abuse, you yes. know, where women are being abused. You know, you hear it through the paper thin walls and your housing development. And sometimes you feel like the woman might be too afraid to say anything. You know, that's a tip. It's not just gun violence, even though that's what we're passionate about. But there are many things where if we don't shore up or find our courage or start to refine that sense of agency, our community is going to be lost. And I don't think it's ever too late to get back to, to the unity that it takes to make a community strong. How big is Crime Stoppers? Is it in all 50 or 51? How many states we got? And maybe it's just in reasons. And also, what does ultimate success look like for Crime Stoppers? So Crime Stoppers is actually international. It's in Australia. It's in New England. Like, it's in England. Yeah. Um, it's in Mexico. Yeah. It's international. In the country, in the United States, it's in every single state. It actually goes by, like, counties. Yeah. So Palm Beach County being so large, it's one organization for the whole county. But, yeah. like, for example, Treasure Coast is the other crime stoppers. They have Martin County, St. Lucie County, and Indian River County, yeah. I think is what yeah. it is. Yep. And then, like, there's a Broward one and a Miami-Dade one. So it's based on counties. Yeah. Um, but it's everywhere. Every wow. place that you are in has one yeah. and the good thing about our app is let's say you aren't from here but you're here on vacation or something right you can just put what city you're in and it leads you to the right one yeah. or let's say you are on vacation in atlanta or in north carolina yeah. if you just put what city you're currently in it'll send it to the right one even if you don't know which one it is wow that's the great thing about our app so yeah. definitely utilize the app if that's an easier way. And what's the name of the app? So there's a um, Crime Stoppers USA app, but then there's also P3 app. It's gotcha. literally P3 app. And that gives you all states, all counties, and then what kind of tip you want to do. Got you. And let's say if all counties aren't covered and somebody's in a county that's not represented, can they reach out to start a Crime Stopper in their county if yeah, it doesn't exist? Absolutely. So it's usually you do have to kind of have some kind of connection with law enforcement to kind of yeah. get the ball rolling because yeah. you have to have a good relationship with yeah, law enforcement to do it. But most law enforcements are about it. Like yeah. a lot of them, right. um, like up in your Midwest states. Yeah they use the Crime Stoppers for the state because they just need to use someone. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you're interested in ever doing one more centralized, yeah. Crime Stoppers USA is the national one, and that's a good starting point if you ever wanted to start one in your community. Got you. 
I think that's dope. I think it's very dope. I love the idea of Crime Stoppers. Since a kid, I've always seen it. Um, I've always heard about it, but I've never heard of anybody utilizing Crime Stoppers, right? So that's what the next step has to be for us as a community, I believe. It's the utilization and the application of the resources. I always talk to y'all about rules of engagement, right? We don't know what to do because we don't know how to do it and we don't know where to go. Well, let this episode serve as a redirection from that, right? So now we have an idea of what we can do, of how we can do that, and right. where we can go to do that if we want to report something, if we want to report it anonymously, and we want these tips to actually reach some traction. Because like I said earlier, law enforcement relies heavily on these tips, and it's always fun, and it's always games and it's always snitching and this and that until it's you and your family that need justice until it's something that happened to you and yours and you want to know who did it and you want to know what happened right. um, I've seen it firsthand with my own two eyes um, some of the same people that go around and spread these type of poisonous paradigms amongst our people to say you a snitch or you a rat or whatever you are when you stand up and you speak out against what's wrong listen some of those same people have been on the other end of the stick and I watch them suffer when nobody gives tips nobody gives advice or nobody knows what happened to your loved ones or your friends and so, I will say I know a lot of people are like well nothing ever gets done anyways right. and that's sometimes what their experience unfortunately is with law enforcement right I am the one getting the tips I follow up I yeah. give them right. a month and then yeah. I follow up and say hey is this under investigation have you looked into it what yeah. do you need from me then I follow up again three months after that I get an answer yeah. So I guarantee you guys, if you submit a tip with me, I'm going to get a solution out of it. I'm going to get an answer yeah. and make sure it is investigated. I follow up. Mm. And uh, I wanted to ask this too. So great thing that you mentioned follow-ups. When submitting tips, is do you recommend following up those tips as well? So can you do multiple submissions of a tip if you feel like, all right, let me submit it once now. Let me submit it again in a month or Three yeah, months. I can think once you submit that first time, they give you they give you that the, 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 right, right, that right, right. Call to check in, and they 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 can give you updates. Yeah, they can. can I okay. can give you updates. You can give me updates. We also recommend that you do log in and follow up because yeah. I sometimes put in there follow up questions like, yeah. "Hey, um, we found the person, but can you tell us this?" And it's usually questions from detectives or yeah. even just questions that I know I'm gonna need, so I kind of try to preemptively right, ask. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then that's also where I put, "Hey, your tip led to something. Call me for your yeah. reward." So we always encourage you to follow up. That way. If we need more, if it's ready to pick up, you right. can at least know what's going on. But definitely right. call anyone can call me. My phone number's on our website. Yeah. Um, you can always call the 800 number. Option two gets you directly to me. Yeah. I have a work line, like an at work cell phone, so I'm available 24/7. The call center gotcha. will call me at any time. Gotcha. So let's say there's a there's the family of a victim. You know, they're going through a hard time. They they just lost a loved one. And, you know, because we deal with these kind of families all the time, like if, if it's not us bringing media attention to the issue, then the families oftentimes feel like they don't have any support. Do you all offer any services to uh, the families of victims? Yeah, absolutely. So most detectives know to contact us, but... Obviously, law enforcement's constantly changing. There's constantly new hires. Yeah. So there's no harm in you telling them. Tell your detective 
or tell your police officer, like, hey, can you give our case to Crime Stoppers? Mm. And what we do, we have bus shelters all throughout the county. Yeah. We have a billboard. We have flyers that I draft. I post it on all three of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And then I also have about 13 media contacts that mm. I send things to. So if you are a victim's family member, or if it was you are the victim and you yeah. survived and you want to know who did this to you yeah. or know who did this to you and you want to find them, yeah. you can call me too. You can call me directly. I will get approval from your detective and yep. your investigator first, but you can call me and say, I want to do this. Right. We offer a $3,000 reward, but if a family raises funds and wants to up the reward, yeah. they can also do that with us. Dope. If you raise $5,000 and you want to make the reward 8000 now, yeah. we do that. So wow. we work with the families directly. Yeah. I work with a lot of families. They're the sweetest, and yeah. like I feel for them so much. Yeah. So I like talking to the families. Yeah. You know, you get a different perspective of it. And that is so important. Like when I started this organization, I knew that the number one thing we had to do is to give every young black man killed a, a, a story, a right, name and a right, story, right. where it wasn't just another young man of color gunned down here, another young man. Because when it's like that, it's easy for people to forget. Yes. But when you share the story of the person that is deceased or that was victimized and you plaster their picture in places where people remember it, if you know something, it almost haunts you that you got to or you should cooperate and say something. So I really, I really commend y'all for that. And the picture we use is always one the family provides. Yeah. Right, so we right. don't like to use just a DL or right. a booking photo. It's whatever photo you loved of your family member. Yeah. That's what we want to use. We want them to see who they were as a person yeah. and not what people thought they were. Right. Exactly. You get to tell your own story. Definitely. And the, I mean, the communication is there for the most part from what I'm getting from it. You guys are very effective in communicating with your um, tip providers. There's many different resources and outlets there for, for tip providers to be um, communicative and transparent back with you guys. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, kind of derail law enforcement, so to speak, but it's a great opportunity to highlight where law enforcement lacks and where you guys pick up that slack, right? Because sometimes even when you do report credible tips to law enforcement or detectives um the, the process is a hassle they don't follow up with you months weeks years go by um sometimes these cases go cold great tips end up going cold and it turns into um a, you know kind of a rampant response from them on their behalf and then we could take it a step further to where i remember we did our episode about chief adderley and his press conference where we had community members coming out directly to the press conference to give tips and elude law enforcement, the police chief himself, to what's going on, and he's denying them the opportunity to do that. So the fact that you guys don't deny people their voice, um, you are willing to hear their tips, you are willing to hear them out and actually put some traction behind what these people are saying is great because law enforcement does lack a lot of in terms of following up on things. Yeah. Y'all truly are the, the definition of hope dealers. Um. And I do, like, in the last year that I've been there, I have seen just from when I started to now mm -hmm. that law enforcement is doing so much of a better job yeah, to right. work with us. Yeah. They're utilizing us because they're seeing the results that we yeah. are getting. So the more we can get out there and educate the public, the more we help everyone, yeah. them and the public. Exactly. As they should. And I can imagine it's over. they're overrun with work to do. So when you're able to come in with these files, it's organized, it's accountable, 
is probably a huge asset to them. Yes. And is there anything else you feel like people should know about Crime Stoppers? And also, I'd like to ask, where do people donate if they want to donate to Crime Stoppers? So, um, if you wanted to donate, we have it on our website. There's a Donate Now button. And it's honestly anything you'd like. Um, yeah. You know, we'll take all, all the donations. It all goes towards the rewards. It goes towards the bus shelters. It goes towards the flyers and the graphics that we do. So, it's being well utilized, not just for the people calling in, but also for the victims' families. Because yeah. we use it towards things we help them on. Um, and then as far as like what I want you to know about crime stories, I think we touched a lot of it, but yeah. we're here. We want to help. If anyone listening has an opportunity where they want us to come educate, we do go out to stuff. We'll go anywhere. We've done HOA meetings. We've done like community meetings, things like that, schools. So if anyone wants us to come by and just kind of educate, we have promo items, we have flyers, we have a lot of things that we can distribute for education. That's awesome. LaShawn, any final thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you guys for all the services you provide, for everything you do for the community. Um, I think the coolest thing about Crime Stoppers is the logo. I don't know why that thing has always I mean, just it is popped a pretty cool out. Logo. It's I like always just popped out to me, man. I don't know why any, you know, for life. I just know I look at that Not logo. It looks it just cool. Because it's our organization, but I do think it's <laughs> the coolest logo. No, it, got some, it got some style to it, don't it? Oh, it's just something about it, man. But so yeah, that logo always stands out to me. Um, and I think that's important. I think Crime Stoppers is a great organization. Um, so far, f from what I've heard from you, from what I heard from your leader, what, I'm sorry, what was her name again? Remind me. Angela. Um, from what I heard from Angela, you guys got a lot going on. You got a lot of things um, new coming with Crime Stoppers, a lot of innovative things, which is great to constantly reinvent the wheel. Yes. Constantly keep it fresh. Uh, people change, things change, crimes get more advanced, and things happen. So I just wanted to you know, give you guys a thank you for everything you do um, and for partnering up with our organization to kind of highlight the importance and the, you know, overdriving necessity of the work we are doing to try and repair the broken links of disadvantage out here. So yeah. thank Absolutely. you guys. Thank you for having me. And like, I actually just remembered now, we also have been getting a lot of like ring footage, yeah. which isn't really information you know, but you yeah. caught a shooting on your ring. Submit that stuff. It helps. Submit it to Crime Stoppers. Ring. Submit it. Submit your ring camera. Submit your Get your, your three like, bands, man. Get your three bands. Yeah. But yes, but thank you guys for having me. I think yeah. it's really important that we just keep telling people the resources that are yeah. out there for them. Absolutely. And I'll close with this. Like, I, I know how this sounds. I know how it looks. Um, we're the Hope Dealers. You know, we're from the hood. I'm, I'm still there. I'm very accessible. But my favorite definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting different results, right? We tried to hold no snitching thing, right? We tried to hold like zero cooperation and, and look where it's gotten us. Our communities are terrorized, our single mothers are struggling uh, to, to hold on to their sons long enough so that they're not victimized by gun violence. Our children are growing up in communities that are comparable to war zones. It just doesn't work. Uh, we have to start rebuilding some structure that is going to ensure the safety of our children. If you don't care about yourself, I get it. I was there. But everybody should be concerned about making sure our kids have the best chance 
possible to overcome the odds that many of us had to go through. That's the whole basis behind everything we do as an organization is to use our personal life experiences to make the world better for the kids who are growing up in the communities that we're from. So if you got a problem uh, with this video, y'all know where to find me. We'll be at Heart and Soul Park on Friday, <laughs> this Friday uh, from 6 to 8. We're there every Friday, and we're doing community engagements on Tamron when we're not there. So come see us. Uh, I love your feedbacks, but it's time for a new day in our hood, and the whole deals are here to deliver. So thank you again. Thank you. And uh, we'll see y'all next episode. Peace.